What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome to the Hustling Sideways Podcast. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer. And I am Jim Love, and I'm a keynote and motivational speaker, and we are both here in Milwaukee, as usual. Yes. It is episode 47. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is almost Christmas time. It is. We're getting closer to 50. Yes. Like that's, well, that. Yeah, episode 50. Yes. No, no, no. Age-wise. Eight, no, I mean, we, well, also. I that. actually just had a birthday last week, yeah, well, so. You made this. It was supposed yeah. to be about the episode number, not the age number. I know. We but dropped now, that a long time ago. I'm, I'm not that old. But once you turn yes. 32, you're just thinking The half-century mark, both for Alan's age and number of episodes, <laughs> is approaching and rapidly and, like, currently being recorded. Yeah. Like, like well, not as we speak, because that would be weird. If, <laughs> like, not at the moment. But. Nevertheless. Really excited about that. Um, yes. Really pumped to be here. And. It is almost Christmas, which is which is awesome. Um, although you, we have Marquette clothes on, I don't know what Ellen's doing. Yeah, it's a Marquette with. game day that we're yeah, recording on, and uh, one of us Marquette <laughs> alums uh, may have forgotten to wear his Marquette gear. That's but you're fine. going to the game like literally, I am. yeah, right from hours. this podcast. Correct. Yes, and so we did not beat the Badgers, as some of you may know, but what's fine. But it's Baylor, fine. but it's Baylor, fine. but Baylor, Baylor is good. That was good. Yeah, it was a game I didn't go to, which is telling me that I maybe should avoid. Are you the Every are you the game. bad luck charm? I'm the guy. Uh, yeah. Oh no. I'm, I'm the guy. Well, it's not those good. season ticket yeah. holders. Are, I know. It's the worst. <laughs> anyway, but that's uh, okay. We move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, we have an amazing guest uh, who is also currently at Marquette. Yes. Um, involved with the 707 Hub and all sorts mm-hmm. of things. Jim, who do we got on the show? I want to introduce you. We have <laughs> we have Stu Roach, and Stu is the assistant director of sports performance at Marquette and the founder of My Momentum. And Stu, you are originally from. Stamford, England. So we are now adding an international person I think it to counts. our podcast. It counts. I don't it care counts. that you live in Milwaukee. I mean, I like that you're here, and I'm glad that you're in person. But England is on the list, and uh, I, I mean, clearly you'll start talking, and they'll realize that you are not from here, which is wonderful. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, Sunday. thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So you are you live now in the Milwaukee area? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, been here since 2015. 2015. Okay, that's great. Was that was that like a really weird culture shock to move from uh, England to here? Or how, how did yeah, this, yeah. I, mean, I would say Milwaukee is not the most desirable no, or like the be. first choice. No, for, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, if you had told me whatever back in 2010 that I'd end up in Milwaukee, I'd, I'd tell you you're crazy. But, um, <laughs> but no, I, I moved to the U.S. in really in 2012 mm-hmm. full time, and that was to Michigan. So the kind of transition from Michigan to here wasn't too that too wasn't crazy, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, originally coming to the U.S., yeah, it was a big culture shock in a way. Um, you know, lots of lots of differences, some similarities, um, yeah. but I mean, I love it here. Awesome. I, I, re- I really enjoy the Midwest and the people here. So, what's the biggest difference? Like, I'm curious of like just people or like culture or something oh, that was man. like, uh, this is bizarre. The amount of cheese. It's the amount that of cheese. The amount of cheese. Not the amount of beer, though. That that is uh, <laughs> that is appreciated. But um, biggest difference, I would say, is just like the need to rely on a car. Oh, you know, you just have to go. You really have to get in a car to go anywhere, especially if you want to go shopping or, or whatever. Yeah, it's everything is based on the car versus in the UK and Europe. It's all like within walking distance all the time. People oh, walk or bike. So I would say that was the most stark difference, apart from the amount of salt and food as well. Got it. Okay. <laughs> that, that was big. Well, this explains <laughs> all these the analogies. I mean, it sounds like you're healthy walking in the UK and we're driving and everyone's slightly overweight. And we're eating all the salt. <laughs> and we're eating all, all the salt. Yeah, yeah. None of those things add up to be good, which is which it leads us to our next point of you being in sports performance and, and taking care of some very health and, uh, healthy and fit kids. So um, you uh, obviously came to Marquette. Talk, talk about how, how that worked out. What was what was that journey like and how did that how did that 
that job open up for you? Yeah, um, it was kind of random actually. Well, originally I came to the States for a study abroad semester. Okay. Um, so did, grew up in the UK. I uh, was uh, son of a fighter pilot. My dad was in the Royal Air Force. So we bounced around a lot. Um, and I went to boarding school in England. And through that process, I just like fell in love with sport. That was like the mm-hmm. the hub of everything to do with boarding school was, was playing sport really. Um, so I grew up playing a lot of rugby, went to university, studied for sport and exercise science, decided to come out to the University of Michigan for a study abroad semester. Mm-hmm. And I mean, talk about culture shock of collegiate sport in the US. Oh um, you yeah. know, I think nowadays people know more about the NCAA in England, Europe, Australia. But um, back when I was kind of growing up, I had no idea about anything to do with collegiate sport in America. And so when I got here and I saw, you know, 114,000 people in the University of Michigan Stadium, like watching 18 to 22 year olds run around a field, I was just blown away. And I'm thinking too, like even the festivities leading up to, you know, like probably people hammered at a tailgate. Like it's just because like that's sometimes there happens to be a game inside and it's like the outside that's like. Wild. I mean, obviously, Michigan, with it being essentially a large town in right. one stadium, that that had to be that had to be a wild one. Yeah. <laughs> so that was crazy. That was like an eye-opening experience to come there in 2010. I think mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. um, and that's really when I um, found out, I guess, that strength conditioning is a profession that you oh, can sure. you can do. Yeah. Um, so decided at that point in time to kind of switch gears from more of the the scientific lab-based focus into more of the fast lane of being involved with athletic teams. And stuff like that and so came back out in 2012 and um started working at the university of michigan mm-hmm. um and through a couple of internships and kind of mutual connections with different coaches i uh wound up getting connected with the head coach at marquette and in 2015 moved out here um to start awesome. the first job yeah awesome so you went home you were just there to study abroad in 2010 went back to england correct came back two years later came back yet yeah, yeah well yeah two years later basically um yeah yeah, exactly. My mum was like, don't go to the US, meet a girl and never come back. And uh, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> what well, I was going to say, so, there you go. Yeah. yeah so. um, what sports specifically do you work with with Marquette? I work with the two tennis programs, men's and women's, mm-hmm. and then also actually the two lacrosse programs, men's and women's. Okay. So I have a, a just over 100 student athletes um, under my wing. Um, we have a staff of five mm-hmm. and with 14 sports. The, the, the director there, Todd Smith, he's with men's basketball. Yeah, yeah. His wife works in the department. She's with primarily the women's basketball, and then there's uh, three of the rest of us that deal with the other twelve sports, basically. Interesting. Wow. So your your intro really to sports performance was it in 2012 or was it in 2010 being in, in, in Michigan? Uh, essentially, in in 2012, really, Got my it. first okay. internship was yeah. at the University of Michigan. Um, prior to that, really, was just involved in sport, yeah. but, but yeah. not in coaching per se. So now, like ten years later, within sports and just sports medicine and performance. Like has everything just shifted? Like I can imagine the focus is 2012, what you had access to just mm-hmm. generally and how much that's changed, probably the student lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just so curious, like you seeing that of, of, you know, like have you, has your mindset had to change and how you treat oh, athletes massively. individually, et cetera. Massively. Yeah. It's yeah. changed hugely. I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest differences and you see it in, not even in the athletic population, just in the general consumer market is the amount of wearables that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you yeah. have like aura rings, whoop bands, like everything to track <laughs> every kind of biometric you could desire. Um, and that's just, you know, up to, level 11 when it comes to high performance sport there's there's so much data integration in weight room facilities on the field in practices and games whatever um that now the 
there's less a lot less guesswork you know it's mm. not just like gut feeling guesswork it's more about well how do the numbers potentially inform what we're going to do um, to, yeah. to make the best plan of action and best progress and stuff like that. And that's awesome. And the cool thing about that is the student athletes now, especially like incoming freshmen, mm-hmm. they're very in tune with that kind of stuff right. and they right. want to know, they want to know the numbers and the feedback and the data. So, um, so I would say that's been the biggest difference um, that I've seen in the last like 10 years or so. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, is any of it like, and I, I mean, there's just so much analytics and like I'm seeing, you know, the amount of stuff people are wearing. Like, mm-hmm. is any of it a little bit of BS or is it all straight up like really important to that athlete? Like, I've just always been curious right. that they're wearing stuff more for accessories or if that actually does play a role in, in, in what they like and what they want in the end goal. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think it's I think it's a bit of both. Sure. Um, yeah. I think you'll definitely see well-resourced programs um, by wearables and tech mm-hmm. before they even know what they want to do with it yeah you know, it's, it's yeah, like buy the solution before they even have a question mm-hmm. um and part of that is kind of keeping up with the joneses and and you know having shiny objects for five-star recruits <laughs> to look at um mm-hmm. but i think I, I think it's getting better i think the, the pendulum did swing quite far to that side and now it's swinging back towards the middle where people understand like mm-hmm. this is actually valuable this is telling us important information versus this stuff that we thought was valuable in the past totally we don't really use it anymore yeah. and are you finding it like uh, students probably have a lot more resources now than they did 10 years ago. Like, I mean, just generally smartphones being, does that aid you or hurt you when they have access to like, uh, like, are they, are they still listening intently to what your advice is? And they're like, well, I saw a doctor on this say like, did you find that like every, have an argument of something that like, maybe that doctor's totally wrong. And you're you're trying to tell them the right thing. They're like, this is the guy. Right. (laughs) That's yeah. That's such a pertinent point. Um, I have, I'm having more and more conversations Mm -hmm. with student athletes about, Um, I don't know if like educating is like the right term, but um, meeting them where they're at as yeah. to what their thought process is. And more often than not, they've had, they're obviously influenced by many different people, not just their coaches and myself, um, but people online, friends who are also in collegiate programs elsewhere doing different things. So yeah, they have, they have a lot more information than they used to, which is a good thing. But yeah, we do, we do find that we need to like, yeah, meet them where they're at mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and say, well, what you've heard in the context that you've heard it, it's probably not actually what you think it is, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So yeah, some, some interesting conversation, Dif- difficult ones sometimes. Uh, sure. And some people you can't win over some people you can more easily, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's interesting. And I can imagine too, just like, and I know, you know, there's some like maniac parents out there oh, that yeah. probably have just been like feeding their kid like this info, you know, mm-hmm. my way or the highway and they get to a program with the professional like yourself and all of a sudden maybe told something different. And I just, I, 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 I can imagine that some interesting conversations and be like, this is how we do things here. You committed to this, et cetera. But, um, I would, I would assume, you know, I'm assuming Marquette student athletes are receptive at least to other viewpoints, but yeah, I, I, I just, I'm just picturing what that uh-huh. looked like based on some experiences with students where I've seen parents like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so yeah, I mean, developing not only, you know, college athletes, but then also kind of developing your own, brand and your own business and Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. um at what point was that kind of kind of coming to your head to be like uh you know a a next step or a logical next step for you right yeah so in my role as the assistant director one of one of the big pieces that i wanted to take over when i came to marquette was the internship program so the coach development program so Mm -hmm. every semester even though we have a staff of five every semester we have anywhere between four to six young coaches who might be undergrads they might have just graduated from a different program and they're kind of looking to make their next step into the profession and get a full-time role somewhere um and so probably in the seven years i've been the internship coordinator i've seen about 
70 to 80 intern coaches come through. Um, and realistically, there's probably only nine, 10, 11 that are actually in the field as full-time employed coaches mm-hmm. now. So the attrition rate is is large. Um, and that's like a multifactorial thing, right? They might come into the weight room and think, this is what I want to do. This seems really exciting for me. But after they actually get to grips with what it actually entails, then they might be like, mm, this this actually isn't for me. And that's fine. They've, they've made that reckoning. Mm-hmm. But for me, what I found was that wasn't the only reason. There seemed to be all these roadblocks and reasons why coaches, young coaches couldn't actually um, gather the momentum um, to excuse the quip to, to move into a full-time role. And so I thought, okay, what, what are the issues? Let's address those. Um, and let's try to serve the younger coaches by providing this, this new service that we came up with called my momentum um, to really give them much better information about how to step into a role of strength conditioning um, how to develop in the field and and how to make better decisions really yeah absolutely um so my wife is actually in school right now for mm-hmm. athletic training mm-hmm. um so you know if, in probably those shoes of somebody that would be a, a client of yours yeah and wanting to you know she has the goal of eventually opening up her own uh her own practice as well mm-hmm. so but what i'm finding with her just dealing with her students that she's working with too is she's saying you know because she's a little bit older than the the college, kids coming straight out of undergrad that are. She's are almost fifty, get, so oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm in trouble. No, um, uh, she's a little bit older than me. The students that are coming straight out of undergrad, and they all have the same goal of being athletic trainers. But she has a little bit more of a leadership perspective. But I don't think that's something that's necessarily like it can't be straight up taught it has to be kind of learned with a little bit of experience absolutely so do you feel like when you get you know new coaches in and you have to kind of like like that's like a reality is when they learn that is probably dealing with students for the first time or dealing with athletes for the first time Mm -hmm. um so what is kind of the biggest challenge for you in terms of getting a new coach in and getting them acclimated to like some of this has to just kind of be learned on the job yeah i think you hit the nail on the head um I think part of the reason young coaches struggle is because the, the the preparation that an undergraduate degree gives a performance professional is not adequate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is, is, as you said, due to the experiential learning of what you need. So they have all the book smarts and the theoretical knowledge of, of most of what they need. Mm-hmm. And then they step into the weight room and they think, you know, they're just going to be able to apply it. And they get hit in the face with, well, now you need to read the room and you need to be able to communicate well and communicate differently with this person versus this person. Mm-hmm and find your coaching voice and be able to project in a room that's, you know, 120 decibels loud with hard rock music. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And chains clanging everywhere and stuff. So um, I don't think a lot of undergraduate programs prepare young professionals well to step into that role. And so that's where the chasm is, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's why it takes young coaches two, three, four internships, which may last a semester each before they really have any credibility or confidence in being able to apply for a full-time role and say, Mm -hmm. I'm ready for this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of attrition happens. Um, So that's part of what we're trying to do is help young coaches find developmental opportunities that are right for where they are. Because you might have a young coach who's really green and all they need is a simple internship of like just getting in front of groups of athletes and being in that environment versus you might have a a coach who's had three or four internships Mm. and they're starting to niche down and they're figuring out well i actually want to work in the private sector but i don't want to work with youth athletes i want to work more with um nhl or nfl guys who are in the off season so like where how can we help them find the right 
situation for them to be able to develop and get the right experiential learning rather than the wrong one, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a good component of it too is teaching leadership. I think, you know, um, it's interesting too, like working with, in the sense of, you know, I'm using my wife as a reference here, where she's worked with a lot of like high school teams where of course you have your coaches that your head coach, that's your leader. And she's got an athletic trainer, like a main athletic trainer. And right now she is under the main athletic trainer. So there's a lot of voices in the room at one time. Um, how do you coach somebody to say, okay, you have to find your role necessarily. You know what I mean? Where like, right. you know, cause the student athlete is going to listen to their head coach cause that's, that's their guy. Mm-hmm. But of course they're going to trust the, the trainer, but how do you kind of teach them to like fit into somebody's system kind of thing, you know? Yes. Or, or don't you? <laughs> no, you definitely do. Um, when, when they're, when they're young and they're learning, we try to put them in as many positions as possible to be a fly on the wall in some sense, but be like not not a not a passive fly on the wall, but like mm-hmm. always be involved. Um, and so, as much as possible, we like to bring our intern coaches into meetings with us, for example. So, obviously, they're out there on the floor; they're helping to coach. They deliver sessions that becomes comfortable for them. But then we want to bring them into a one-on-one meeting with myself and the head women's across coach when we're talking about an athlete that's struggling with some kind of mental health issue or something like that, mm-hmm. have them in there so that they experience that conversation first. And they're like, okay, this, these are the kind of social dynamics that are at play. And, yeah. and, and then we'll go and recap that conversation and say, did you notice how I approached it saying these things rather than saying these things, mm-hmm. you know, and going through that. So uh, give them as much exposure as we can to those, those roles where they can see the different hats that you have to wear um see the lane that we exist in but not, not not saying you don't you can't step outside of your lane but you've got to understand where your jurisdiction lies as to this is where i have influence versus this is where somebody else is better positioned to have influence for sure stuff like yeah. that i now I'm, I'm really glad you brought up that example because I, I you know a lot of times i think probably for a lot of our listeners too thinking about your role is really based like in the gym and based mm-hmm. on, on doing almost transactional of, of like, you know, get this workout done. Like that's kind of the stereotype. And the fact that, you know, the example you just gave off the top of your head is helping out a student with a mental health issue. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, how it's, it's, there, there's has to be so much more now with the, with the, the college experience that you probably knowing how close you are with these students and, and your staff as well, probably play counselor often or per play, you know, a, a teacher often, you know, whatever it is, like do you find yourself just like, I, now there's a new situation. I have to like get prepared for this. And, and um, I mean, I, like, has that shifted a lot? Like in the last couple of years, I would imagine to be more holistic versus just one part of their life of being in the gym. Yeah, I think so. Um, frankly, I think I would get bored if it was just like yeah. write something on a whiteboard and be like, yeah. everyone do this. And yeah, you know, yeah. you're, you're the weights guy. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I think to your point earlier of how, how has things changed? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the generation of, athletes that we have in, in the collegiate setting younger athletes coming in now they're so in tune with um their emotions and how yeah. they're feeling about things yeah. um and so you're right we do have to act as this kind of bounce board of emotional content and mm-hmm. understanding like where again where they're at and reading between the lines a lot of time um just seeing an athlete come in and reading is their behavior normal as to what they're normally like mm-hmm. or is something off with this person yeah and if yeah. they're off are they the kind of person that i need to go and address straight away or do I need to wait until after the session to put my arm around and say, is everything okay with you? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so, and that's why I love, I love um, sport in general, but certainly college is, it's such a puzzle. There's so many different pieces right. in there. You have to right. be so creative mm-hmm. with how you address all these different aspects of a performance problem. 
um, because it's not just about how much weight they can lift. It never mm -hmm. is. It never will be. Um, it's it's about how all these pieces, including mental health and um, obviously their tactical tactical execution of their sport, and how can you be a piece of that puzzle and bring your highest level of contribution to it. Mm -hmm. um, that's what excites that's me about great. it. Yeah. So you obviously created my momentum mm -hmm. and talk us through the moment when you realize that this is a thing that was needed. I mean, it sounds like super niche and awesome and, and very needed. So I'm like, what, what was, what was that process like? And what, what was the moment of like, this is something I need to do. Right. Yeah. So coming back to these like young coaches, mm -hmm. um, yes to, to, to paint you a picture young coach who might be 19 20 years old they're about to graduate from their um, undergraduate degree maybe they've done two or three internships in the process mm -hmm. all of the these internships are voluntary and unpaid yeah. they may have traveled and paid out of their own pocket to live somewhere so there's quite a lot of um like financial investment and mm -hmm. commitment to be able to do this and then at that point in time they're still not really ready or they don't have a network to lean on to say can somebody vouch for me i want to get a job um, and so it was really at this point in time where I realized having had all these young coaches that hadn't really moved into the profession, um, I wanted to find a way that I could, and the coaches I associate myself could like mentor young people more broadly mm -hmm. and again, allow them to, uh, provide them with richer information than the current governing bodies in the States. So there's the, the NSCA, the National Strength Conditioning Association, the CSCCA, which is more college specific, the mm -hmm. Collegiate Strength Coaches Association, um, and I just don't feel like they provided enough for the young coaches. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, at a time where there's like quite a lot of negative talk in the coaching community about internships and pay and career yeah. satisfaction stuff, I wanted to be a bit of a, a positive force for change and, and lead that with the next generation of strength mm -hmm. conditioning professionals. So give them more access to better information, help them make better decisions. And also one of the big pieces, and we can talk about this with, with the seminar and, and mm -hmm. other things we have planned, is give them a, a hub and like an, a point in which they can network. Because you have all these established coaches saying things like, you got to go out there and attend seminars and conferences. you got to get networking, blah, blah, blah. But if you have a, a young coach from Vermont and they want to travel to the NSCA National Conference in Vegas, mm -hmm. that's going to cost them for like a two, three day conference, it's going to cost them like 1500 bucks, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to go, to fly there, stay in Vegas, pay Vegas hotel prices, food yeah. prices, all that stuff. Probably put a few, couple of futures on, you know, Marquette, you know, <laughs> yeah. like a little gamble. I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that yeah. is part of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas experience. Um, which is just nuts. So I yeah. think, I think that like that advice, while it is solid advice, it's not well-founded. So mm -hmm. we thought, okay, let's be as accessible as we can. And this, this will happen similar to you guys with this podcasting. This will happen at the front end of the pandemic mm -hmm. was everything was going online. There were webinars every other week. And so I thought, okay, let's leverage, leverage what everyone's doing now mm -hmm. online. And that's going to be the highest point of accessibility. Nobody has to leave their home. They don't have to pay out of their pocket to yeah. attend yeah. some of our webinars and seminars and stuff like that. And so now we've made this, my momentum, this like online entirely virtual community and we're kind of using the metaverse elements too mm -hmm. um to bring this experience to life and make it much more organic than mm -hmm. just like a zoom session where it's like transactional people right, show up right. they sit there you know eyes on the screen and then they disappear afterwards we wanted to make sure it was really um quite interactive yeah, yeah. which is hard to do I mean, it I, is I, like it's a really i mean i'm thinking about the conferences i've joined multitasking you know doing you know different mm -hmm. you're wearing shorts it's just like you're in a different it's, mindset so yeah. that had to be difficult to create like did, did you was it was the network of folks that 
you kind of you started doing this with people that you knew already really well in the profession or how did you find folks that were like this sounds great let's let's get involved in here right yeah so originally it was myself and just a fellow student actually Mm -hmm. um at marquette and we we bounced this around idea for a the best part of six to eight months before mm-hmm. we actually made progress with it. And then after we thought, okay, let's, let's try this. If it falls in its face, no worries. You know, that's not that much um, expense in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like it's a brick and mortar or anything like that. And um, after we decided to move along with it, then the seminar was the first thing. So it was a two day event, four hours per day. Mm-hmm. We had six speakers, three on one day, three on the other um, of like really high level coaches in the field of strength and conditioning that are big names. Yeah. Um, and invited young coaches from all around the world, really, to join this this seminar, uh, which was done in, in the metaverse in this um, this online app called Gather. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, with those coaches, yeah, the coaches that presented were coaches that I knew, um, yeah. and yeah. it was really cool because as soon as I mentioned the idea to them, saying you know want to help the front end of the profession, give back. This is a philanthropic event where 100% of the revenue generated from ticket sales moves into our grant fund, which the awesome. seminar attendees can then apply for for their certifications and to attend other yeah. conferences. Oh, that's stuff. really cool. Yeah, probably yeah, all yeah, over yeah exactly. Yeah, they were just great. like, I'm in, I'm yeah. in. So that's awesome. It was, um, it was just very gratifying immediately to we asked six coaches to speak and every single one of them said yeah, yeah yes straight away that's gotta be i mean you to know. have people buying your vision really quickly is a good feeling exactly. and one thing you just mentioned that we've heard many times here is like you didn't really care what happened like it was like let's mm-hmm. just let's go for this there's not much cost to it like i think that's how the best out. stuff starts yeah is it really is i mean that's that's you know swing, I mean, a lot right. of things i've done i'm just like i don't like if the worst thing that happens is you don't have a seminar like that, you know, like, right. okay, like you're going to be okay. And, I mean, it's really and, how this podcast started too. Yeah. If yeah. you're thinking about it. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> We've got a beer and we're like, maybe we should start talking to see if our friend next thing you know, we're talking to a guy from Stanford, England, you know, I don't know how that <laughs> works, but you know, it's just like, that's, that's, I think that's a, almost a key to, um, it almost losing your inhibitions of like what, if something goes wrong, who cares if something goes wrong? Right. You know, like, unless, unless you're in your own head of like, this would be embarrassing to morbidly or something like it's like you're going to be okay and you'll and you'll learn a lesson from it regardless obviously yours went well but um you know and i love i mean people buying into a vision is so important too mm-hmm. and it's like getting those coaches that cash the head feel good when you're like yeah so we ask these coaches they all say yes like let's go yeah <laughs> i'm exactly. curious about because the the tech side of it mm-hmm. is part of my thing i guess yeah. um the metaverse aspect of it mm-hmm. getting coaches to sign on and and i'm assuming speak into through gather mm-hmm. Um, technical difficulties well no not the technical difficulties part of it but i'm sure that is part of it yes but were people iffy about like the metaverse because i mean it's it's very new still Mm -hmm. to the sense that at least to this part of the country you know there's not a lot happening in development here on it as far as i know uh so was it was it a challenge to get people to kind of sign on and say when they hear metaverse, do they do they kind of freak out a little bit or kind of question you? Interestingly, no. Okay. Um, and I think uh, the reason is twofold. One is the, the attendees are all typically younger attendees, and mm-hmm. so just the ability to jump in with technology is, is easy for them. The second part would be the more established coaches who are older. Mm-hmm. Um, the the unique thing about gather is it's formatted like a six-bit video game. Okay. So it looks like Super Mario yeah. or Pokemon from 15, 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. And oh, so cool. most of the coaches that are speaking are also familiar with that. And so I think that re- reduced the barrier to entry for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously it's easier when you have a visual aid to see it, but 
really it's just on your browser you log in you don't have to sign up or create an account mm -hmm. so sure. you, you just like log into or you, you drop into the metaverse environment that we built and then you just use your arrow keys and everything else takes care of itself so yeah. as soon as you you know we have 50 little six-bit characters moving independently around the screen mm -hmm. and i'm i'm in you know milwaukee and mm -hmm. that coach that i talked about who's in vermont he's out there and as we walk closer together on our screen his video pops up just like Zoom, which is something they've all experienced before mm -hmm. through the pandemic. Yeah. Pops up like Zoom, audio comes in, and then we start having this organic conversation. As he moves his character away, he his video disappears into the background, audio disappears, and you know, it's just a so more organic easy. feel. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That's yeah. almost easier than real networking. It really is. There is no, hi, yeah. so uh, the weather is yeah. nice. Yeah. I don't know, Jim. <laughs> you know what I mean? Awful. Like there's none yeah, of that. Nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you see, so, um, and you've done, how many seminars have, have you done? We've done two. The first two. one is in 21 and, and last one just this year in, awesome. um, in May. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, did you see that network really starting to grow and people like connecting with each other, did you hear like any story? You know, like what, like what was some of the some of the good things that you mm. kind of took away from that? Yes, yeah. So yeah, it was just it was really cool to in gather. So we'd have mm -hmm. the three speakers to begin with, and then we'd have this uh, more dedicated social hour at the end in gather, where everyone's just milling mm -hmm. around and getting to know each other. Um, and it was interesting. You know, I'd be bombing around, and I'd uh, come up to a group of six or eight people, and I say, "How do you guys know each other?" And they're just like, "Oh, we don't. We're just we're just talking." Um, and That's so awesome. it was cool to like yeah. see that happen like in the moment. Yeah. Um, and since then, there's been multiple instances where um, we have this other part of momentum, which is called Connect, which is the primary page for listing and finding developmental opportunities that we talked about, like those mm -hmm. internships. And there's been multiple instances where various various coaches from the My Momentum seminar have ended up going to the same internship at the same site at the same time. Oh, wow. Because they've, oh. they've connected and Perfect. talked about, oh, I'm yeah. thinking about That's going crazy. to North Dakota State. Oh, me too. I'm going to go there as well. I'm going in spring. Awesome. And, they, and they've kind of amazing. met up. Amazing. Right. Yeah. So it's been, that's been really, really unique as well. Um, and we're just getting, yeah, much more return visits. So we had mm -hmm. 65, uh, yeah, 65 signups in the first year. And then we've had, we had about 80 signups in the second year. Awesome. And many of them were repeat signups to, yeah. to come back. So, it seemed like it was well received and I'm sure the philanthropic element of, you know, I could get a certification paid for if I attend as yeah, well yeah. is also a, a nice carrot. Yeah. yeah. You have this grant. So, so the, mm -hmm. um, and I know I've read on your website, you've handed out $3,000 mm -hmm. already of grant money, you know, and um, I mean, that has to be so cool for those coaches to feel like they're giving back philanthropically and then mm -hmm. these students receiving these, and this is something I can actually use. And I, I, I just see that growing, like becoming, becoming a big thing. Yeah, we hope so. Um, what we're trying to do really though, is make sure that we maintain the uh, intimacy of the event itself. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, if, I think if we get, if we make things too large, obviously we bring in more money yeah. to contribute to the grant fund, which yeah. is great. But then at the end of the day, you end up having, 300 400 people in that environment yeah. and they yeah. can't really walk up to that high level coach and mm -hmm. have that small group conversation with them now there's it's like beasts of the honey there's going to be like 40 people surrounding right. them, you know so i think we've got to find a nice middle ground of making sure that it's still somewhat intimate um, totally. not necessarily exclusive but somewhat intimate um but we're finding other ways that we can we can bring in money we have a number of partners or, or sponsors to awesome. my momentum awesome. now so we can kind of supplement those areas too yeah what's what's the ultimate goal i mean so do you want like would you want to have is one of them going to be in person at all or will this all kind of stick in, in, in the yeah i talked about that with somebody else um 
about six months ago and our original plan when we came up with the idea of the seminar to mm-hmm. begin with was to have it in person as soon as possible right right um because we thought you know this is something that young coaches need to experience mm-hmm. of like actually being together in person and, and actually leaning in and having a conversation but we quickly realized that that went like it kind of flew in the face of what one of our core values is which is accessibility so for as many people as possible affordable and accessible exactly that, that does speak volumes i, I was right. i was kind of thinking you were going to say that because right. i think this makes sense for like particularly it'd be one thing if this was a seminar for successful you know multi-million business you know what i mean it's just like right. these people can afford to go wherever they want to but like right. this is literally for the students that need to have something that's right there at their fingertips and um you know i i could see something maybe being in person but the the flagship sort of this right. is what we do you're all welcome here type of thing so yeah yeah, yeah that's interesting exactly. yeah very cool um where do you see this kind of going what's your kind of like immediate next steps for growing the uh for growing my momentum i think uh, the next thing for us is really just trying to get more people to hear about what mm-hmm. we're doing and the resources that we're offering. Um, you know, and that probably ends up being getting in the the mailboxes or in the ear of internship coordinators right. in like ex-phys departments or kines yeah. departments um, at different schools so they can tell the students, hey, if you're interested in strength conditioning, this is my Momentum Connect. It's a great mm-hmm. resource where you can find these developmental opportunities. You know, so I think like the, the big picture... Um, big hairy audacious goal for us would be to be like known as the only site that you need to go to to find developmental opportunities and resources about how to develop as a performance professional Mm -hmm. um that would that would be awesome yeah has has this been like a big east thing at all or is it it like like have you found schools within the conference that have um we we do have um a number of biggie schools that are on connect that have a have a listing with us but it's not not really exclusive there's from all over there's big 10 there's pack 12 schools i just i don't know if they like were ones that hopped onto it first or something as like this this could be a a thing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's cool though i mean i could it makes a ton of sense and i'm not even in this world of like (laughs) like i i can imagine starting off how difficult that is and um and to your point how much things have grown and evolved Mm -hmm. what the student athlete actually needs versus just lifting a weight you know i mean that's like one percent of of what of what they like very individualistic and very intimate and there has to be a relationship that forms from that now i'm curious are you uh, this is a funny question but are when you're in the weight room are you like a yeller or are you more like hey guy like i I, I like like do do you have to like yeah what's your coaching style if if you do have a yelling we probably need to hear it is what what the story is yeah Yeah, i'd say so like naturally speaking i'm I'm quite an introverted person sure um don't mind spending time with myself and just just kind of hanging out but um yeah i definitely have to switch switch gears and turn into that extroverted coach so yeah, I, I would say I'm more on the quiet side. I pick my moments, and uh, and when the moments are there, that it's much more punctuated than, yeah. than and they, always it, being. And they you know, know that you're serious, yeah. right? Yeah, like exactly. it's like if Stu's yelling, like shit, yeah. shit went down. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But no, it's it's a fun environment to be in. You know, it's a it's a it's an awesome job. You know, there aren't too many jobs where you can go to work in mm-hmm. sweatpants and a hoodie. <laughs> oh, totally. um, yeah. You know. And, and it's always every day is so different and every year is so different and that's the cool thing about college as well is you know you have 10 15 guys or girls graduating from the mental women's cross team mm-hmm. and you have 10 15 coming on the next day and they're yeah. completely different personalities and you see them and you think hey where you know who who do you resemble in terms of somebody that's maybe left in the last couple of years how are you right. going to progress over these four or five years that you're here so yeah, it's a it's an awesome yeah. environment to be in. Where is this like like do you have you had athletes from like really far away or is it mostly yeah most, tons yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah especially tennis programs tend to have a lot of internationals. Awesome. So we have um, Austrian, Serbian, wow. uh, British, 
uh, a girl and a guy from New Zealand. So they're all over right. the place. Yeah. Couple Next level recruiting. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> are those all suburbs of Chicago? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Those are all. Just outside, yeah, just if you ask sure. them, they're all from the suburb of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very inside Marquette joke, but it's yeah, fine. Well, it's also, it's an objectively funny joke, but it's, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's, for that's, sure. It's great. Um, this has been a blast learning about my momentum. If people want to, you know, learn about this, learn a little bit more about the program, the seminar, everything that you've got going on, how's the best place to kind of get, or where's the best place to kind of get connected with you guys? Right. The the best place, honestly, is on Instagram. Um, my mm. handle is just my momentum underscore P um, for pro, which is the website. So the website is www.mymomentumpro.com. Okay. Um, so those are two best places, but yeah, we're pretty active on, on Instagram primarily. And then, a lot of what's on Instagram directs through the link tree to the website. For sure. Now, is it students only or is it, can it be, you know, somebody that is maybe graduated already, but is an existing, you know, coach or professional, you know, outside of that? No, there's really everyone, to be honest. Um, I I know I've said the the word younger quite a lot, but really it's aspiring professionals. It could be somebody who's been a um, certified financial planner for 10 years and they realize this isn't for me. I actually want to be in sports performance. And now they're, you know, 38 years old and they're just getting their start. So we welcome those people as well. Does that that happen? Like, uh, have you seen that? Not as frequently. Yeah. um, Yeah. But you do get those cases every now and again. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Cool. I mean, I'm, Maybe I'm. I would say Jim's going to just sign up right now. Getting into this. That's how this works. Is we're just recruiting Jim. (laughs) Yeah. This whole thing has been one big recruiting for you, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Specifically. Expect dinner and and some wine, and maybe we'll talk. It'll be good. We'll we'll tell you we'll tell you about it after the market. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Um, But this has been a blast. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Yeah. Thank you for you know teaching us all about my momentum and, and a great program amazed to see you know want to see it grow for sure yeah and we should also say the way that we met Stu was with by the 707 hubs at at marquette about, yes what, two weeks ago three weeks ago a couple right. weeks ago um, which is an amazing spot on campus the reason why i'm bringing it up is stay tuned for more announcements yeah. about that's what, sideways in the 707 you're getting hubs. good at this podcasting thing that's I'm what you call a tease yeah. is what that is and and, and in uh, the I'm business laughing, but we're gonna have some good stuff in 2023 <laughs> with 707 hub and hustling sideways i'm now, just gonna keep saying it that way now we gotta deliver on it yeah um, it'll be good but in the meantime, you can do that. You can keep uh, you can keep up with us. You can find us everywhere too. Um, we're hustling sideways. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we are on TikTok as well. So we have all sorts of stuff there. So you can connect with us there. Um, we have episodes of this show. You can download it uh, on Spotify, Apple, everywhere that you can get your podcast as well. So make sure you go and subscribe to the show. Uh, you can get a new episode from us every week as well. Every other week we're with a guest. Every week in between, mm-hmm. uh, we're giving you some some tips, yeah. tricks, you know, things that we've imagine, gone through. You know, it's a momentum. It's about hustling, right? I mean, there's, there's look at there's it, a look lot, at see. I like what you're doing here. here. There's a lot, yeah. So all of that can be found by uh, <laughs> by subscribing <laughs> as well. Um, and if you want to be on the show, send us an email. Uh, we are hustling sideways at gmail dot com. Uh, and you too could be right here on this very show. Stu, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, man. And uh, we will see you next oh, time. No, what, thank what? you for being here. Oh, we're yes. Thank each other more. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. We yeah. did say we we're going to do Thank you thank for you. being at your home and letting me in. And thank you for making time before the Marquette game. Whatever I mean, I it's, a, it's a big day. Big game. Big day. So you're going to have to big, catch up big to. Big game, big day. Yeah. There we go. So thank you for doing yeah. that. Thanks, everybody. Um, we will see you next time on the Hustling Side Sideways podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Take us out of here. Oh, well, well, keep on hustling. See you next week.